This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist. Uh, and uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you'll notice I'm wearing a uh, Los Spurs uh, shirt today, and it's in honor of uh, the Spurs getting the Victor Wimbanyama pick. It's also uh, in honor of uh, our, my colleague and friend Carrie Clack, who uh, suggested on on, uh, on Facebook that we should that we needed to talk on the podcast, and we will. Trust me, in the, in the coming weeks, you're going to think this is like a Spurs. This is like the second Spurs podcast for the Express News. But um, I think in San Antonio, we're still kind of on the Wemby high. Um, it rained a lot over the weekend, but it felt sunny for I think for a lot of us. Um, and so, um, anyway, like I said, I just wanted to kind of, kind of pay tribute to that. Um, really excited today to have a special guest, two special guests, um, Delia Garcia, who is the youngest, uh, elected, uh, member of the Kansas legislature in history, also served as the secretary of, of labor in Kansas and now works for the U S labor department. And she has a book out, uh, called Latina Leadership Lessons, 50 Latina Speak. Um, and we'll talk in a minute about where the, the special book signing is going to be. And one of the 50 Latinas that is featured in the book is Laura Barbarena, who is a San Antonio political consultant. And uh, listeners of Puto Politics will know her very well because you've been a frequent guest. Yes. Uh, and thanks to both of you for, for being on the podcast. Thank you for so glad us. to be here. And yeah. go Spurs, go. Yeah, go Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> let's just be clear. Go yeah, Spurs, go. Yeah, let's All like, right, we got that all yeah, the like, Now we can <laughs> yeah, let's. We, we need to get that out of the way first. I agree with you all. Um, Today, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I, there's a lot in your your own story that I'm, I'm really interested in, but I want to talk a little bit about where the idea came from. Because at, as soon as Laura made me aware of it, I thought, well, this is this makes perfect sense. It's, uh, you know, it's the, the kind of thing, I have an 18-year-old daughter, I would love for her to read this. Um, but where did the idea come from? Um, so the idea, and first of all, thank you for having me. Oh, it was awesome um, to be with you today. You know, the idea came from, Watching the news mm -hmm. and seeing um, the importance of uh, highlighting and uplifting leadership, in particular women in leadership. Um, also, my own frustration of seeing certain things happening uh, that I don't agree with um, that's happening in our world. And I know the people who can change it are women leaders, and particularly women I know in this book. So I thought, let me just write the book and to do three things, to uplift the current leadership uh, or the people who have paved the way, mm -hmm. uh, current leadership, to empower current leadership and to grow and inspire new leaders. How hard was it to, to you know, you, you picked 50. Mm -hmm. um, was, how hard was it to decide on, on, on those, the 50? <sighs> and, and I mean, did, was everybody that you uh, approached, were they all uh, able to do it? Well, I'll say I started doing this during the pandemic and so, a lot was going on, a lot of, I think, in reflection of many people. 
Um, I actually asked more than 50, but I had to just stop at 50 because I was like, okay, I have more than 50 friends. Mm. But let me, I thought it was important to get a different region. So there's 25 states represented, mm -hmm. uh, three generations, um, various industry backgrounds. Um, so I just wanted to get a piece of a national snapshot of what leadership, a Latina leadership looks like. And I'm going to piggyback off what she said, mm -hmm. 50, I have more than 50 friends, because quite literally everyone in this book is her friend, uh, because she has an enormous network. Uh, and she's just built it, you know, starting as a, as a young legislator, just traveling across the country. I mean, I would always, when I ran into someone in DC, I would be like, I bet you know my friend Delia. And everybody like, oh, yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> because she really does. I mean, these are not just Leaders, they're personal friends. She has relationships with all of these women, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, you, as I mentioned, you got elected at the age of 27 mm -hmm. uh, to the Kansas legislature. Yes. Uh, first Latina elected uh, there. I, I read somewhere that your father had an interest in, in running for political office, and I guess he, 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 he never had the opportunity to do that. Was, was he encouraging you? Uh, at a at a young age, to so I, I'd say my entire family. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in uh, the oldest family-owned Mexican restaurant in Kansas. Mm -hmm. My grandparents are really involved in, in the community. Both my father's side um, with my uncle, who worked for president. And your family owned this this this. Uh, yes, restaurant? yes. We just celebrated sixty years wow. uh, last month, and so it's it's been in our blood. Service, whether it be customer service at the restaurant, sure. or you know, my grandparents hosted um, Jimmy Carter when he was running for president. So we've been very involved in my father's side. My uncle uh, worked for um, Senator Dole, President Reagan. So it's, it's been all over. Um, so that public service has been very strong. Um, my father's very involved in unions, SEIU. And so he's, all of our family is involved in all politics. And, and I would say more so public service. It seemed, I mean, to me, I mean, I think about when I was 27 and I, I had no idea <laughs> about anything really. Uh, uh, and I just, so, I mean, to me, the, the, the decision to, the, the, to make that bold leap to run at that age, um, much less win, uh, is, is kind of astonishing to me. And so, I mean, what, what gave you the, you know, cause a lot of what your, your, your book is dealing with is, is people having the, the confidence, yes. um, and, and sort of a sense, maybe a sense of direction to be able to do these kinds of things. What, where did it come from for you? Well, first and foremost, my family. But uh, as far as women leaders, um, Gloria Molina, who's also in the book, mm -hmm. uh, who recently passed last week, um, she was a first Latina elected in the California legislature. And when I was 16, I saw her on TV mm -hmm. from Kansas. Uh, there was Proposition 187 going on, and she was talking out against it. And I was just like so... Uh, enamored, like, wow, I see myself in her. Mm -hmm. And then in, for, in two seconds, I was like, but that would never happen in Kansas. Fast forward, um, I then come here to San Antonio, and I was going to, I was attending St. Mary's University mm -hmm. in 2003, and then worked for Senator Leticia Vanderpute. So, of course, I was able to be every day around. What was that experience like? Oh, my gosh, so great. I got to, I got to see and touch and learn every day how she, how she moved, how she treated her staff, how I should treat my staff. Mm -hmm. Um, she was one of the people that when I was trying to decide to run, I was so scared. I was so scared. I cried. I prayed. I talked to everybody. <laughs> she was one of the main ones. Um, and she helped not, she didn't tell me what to do. She just gave me great things to think about. My sense from her, just from the little time that I spent like in her office in, in, in Austin years ago was that, you know, she had high expectations for her staff. She, I mean, she demanded a lot, but, but also had a way of sort of, you know, um, uh, keeping a very sort of positive sort of, uh, spirit in the office? I mean, is, I don't know if that was your experience. Uh, inspiring um, leadership all the way. Um, did everything with intention and love. 
um, and always in, in, a, in a teaching way and always was grateful. I worked around some people um, who were not grateful and didn't say thank you. She mm-hmm. always would say thank you and show by, by she led by a model. Laura, yes. I did not know until a few minutes ago, until just before we started, uh, that you worked on Delia's yeah, first campaign. Yes, um, yes, had yes. you all met in San Antonio when Delia yes, was going to college here? We met in San Antonio. And I think at the time I'd been helping Senator Van Butte with her campaigns at that time. And we met, I, I think I might have been attending St. Mary's at that time mm-hmm. as well. So um, just sort of mutual circles. And, and uh, you know, I have this, like, you should run. You've got this amazing thing. Like, let's let's do it. Let's do it. And she was afraid. And I was like, let's go. Let's design the logo. Were let's you a little? Move. I know. I know. I know <laughs> from from talking to you over the years that I mean, you've you've now worked on a lot of races outside of the state of Texas, yes. and Georgia, and yes, other places. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I'm not sure at that point how much you had. Did you? Were you intimidated at all by by? Well, you're dealing with a state that's yeah. very different from that. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny. The first campaign I ever worked on was a presidential campaign. So I kind of okay. came into politics the opposite okay. way. So, okay. you know, so the first campaigns I was actually directing President Clinton in commercials. So uh, I kind of worked my way down, <laughs> I'd say. Uh, but the, the local races are, are, are uh, so much more gratifying. You know, you get to see, you get to be with the candidates every single day mm-hmm. and you get to feel and learn and talk to constituents and see what the community needs to be able to really affect change. When you're dealing with presidential politics, it's a lot of lawyers, mm-hmm. a lot of lawyers. <laughs> so it's it's really nice to, to be able to be involved in these kinds of races. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the issues, especially when you're looking at state ledge, there are a lot of similar issues mm-hmm. that are going across in the states. And I honestly don't even remember. Um, it's been a while, girl. I don't remember some of the issues that we were running on, but I know she knocked on a lot of doors. Yes, <laughs> she knocked on a lot of doors, which we know is really important in yes. terms of winning these kinds of, of races. Delia, in your introduction to the book, you you talk about battling imposter syndrome mm-hmm. uh, and about maybe the tendency amongst some Latinas to maybe uh, be self de- overly self-deprecating or maybe excessively polite in situations. Is this something that you think that our culture has just sort of uh, imposed uh, on Latinas? I mean, yes and no. I mean, not mm-hmm. only our culture, but like our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Um, Living in Kansas and in Washington D.C., that that's happening too, and it's not culture. Yeah. Um, but definitely growing up, yes, you know, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. And and I'm I'm one of five daughters, and I would always be like, okay, yeah, but not right now. And and then <laughs> let's talk about this. And then also showing my nieces and nephews and sisters like it's okay to keep try a different path, and we can still do that. And we all have done different things, and so it's yes. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, we did, uh, I invited you to be a guest. You were my guest at Texas A&M, and we did a whole session on, mm-hmm. sorry, on uh, on imposter syndrome. It was you, District Attorney Joe Gonzalez, and Pat Wallace. I do remember. That was really and, interesting. And, yeah, and, and because for me, that's definitely been a part of my experience is mm-hmm. having that imposter syndrome, going through a PhD program where I am the only person of color mm-hmm. that was in the program at UT Austin, mm-hmm. um, and sort of carrying that, like, do I belong in this space? It, am I smart enough to Do I have be, to apologize yeah. for, yes. for, be, right. for you whatever? being at you... Harvard, like, you know, I mean, the young guy out of the valley going to Harvard. I mean, these are, you know, we, and you shared some really personal and really great things at that session. And I think it's important that we address that mm-hmm. um, and, and recognize that we have these feelings and it's okay but to move past them, mm-hmm. right? To understand that we do have a right to be in this space. And that, I think, is why this book is so important to me, mm-hmm. is that it's allowing a space for our stories, our leadership lessons to be told. Because mm-hmm. we've never really had the opportunity to do that in this sort of, in a way that um, 
could actually be introduced into school curriculums. I might be letting something out yeah. of the bag here. But, is there, is there yeah. something, okay. <laughs> something happening on, on the... Yes. Yeah, so um, here in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be starting here and we'll be kicking it off and announcing that on June 9th at the book signing here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. So exciting stuff. Uh, Laura, I wondered, uh, because the way the book is structured, you have um, 10 lessons or pieces of advice from, from each of the Latino leaders. I uh, wondered how, how difficult it was for you to, to narrow that down. It, it's, it felt to me like, like you're, uh, you had some of them, it was like a combination of like kind of maybe almost like mental health uh, advice, you know, just to like, you know, like dance as much as you can, <laughs> laugh as much as you can, which, you know, these are, these are things that yeah. I, I think are valuable to anybody. And then just some things about, uh, which I think is, my dad always said this, you know, like about making sure you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. I mean, he, yes. he ingrained oh. that in me like at an early age. That's really important. Well, and well, and not everyone can can handle being around people yeah. who maybe know more well, than they well, do. Well, I'll tell you a little secret. I actually had 11. You did? Okay. <laughs> my, my 11 was called pilon, which in Spanish is extra. And the whole, that, that uh, pilon was always do a pilon, right? Always go that extra. Yeah. But I, it didn't make it into the book because I think they figured if, she, if we give her a pilon, we're going to have to give everyone yeah, a pilon. You know, people had like so, a lot to say. Or yeah, like, oh. It was yeah. tough. You're it have was a, tough. <laughs> but yeah, and, and just narrowing it down, like, you know, my first draft, I think I came up with 20. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, how do we narrow this down? And interestingly enough, it, even as I narrowed it down, like there are certain themes that you see yeah. across. Oh, the absolutely. Book, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, you know, sort of cultural references like dale ganas, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I talk about ojo. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of cultural aspects that you're not going to see in a book on leadership coming from a white women or from corporate America, right? Like, this is, it's very unique to the experience of being Latina, and I think that's what also makes the books really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, are there things that you think about that Delia in 2023 would have, uh, uh, you wish would have been able to impart uh, through time travel or some other means? Uh, hot tub, time travel. Hot, hot, exactly. hot tub, time yeah. travel. Let's be clear. Sure, yeah. <laughs> We're going to time travel. There, yeah. We're going to time travel. Um, we might as well do it in a hot to, tub. To the, to the 2004 Delia running for political office for the first time, um, what, are the, what are the things that, uh, you know, that you know now that you, you wish you would have been able to? And, um, you know, I think a couple come to mind. So one being comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. that that's scary for me, where you're, I'm trembling where it brings me to tears where I can't even breathe um, and then I think also um, asking for help and not good at that now I'm, I'm being I'm becoming better at that and it, it literally uh, I was going through like a like a crappy moment about a month ago mm-hmm. and one of the ladies in the book I was I and that's the beauty of this I'm, I'm reading my own you know, lessons and other people's that she's like, look at page, da, da, da. She's like, ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Um, and it was a beautiful reminder of like, it's okay to ask for help. What do you think that, that reluctance, and I, I, I have that, that it's, it's been something I've struggled with, yeah. you know, all my life to, to the willingness to ask for help. But um, where do you think that comes from? I, you know, a second ago, you're talking about the cultural piece. And I think, you know, growing up with, with um, in a very traditional Mexican mm-hmm. family and, Catholic, and so it's like triple <laughs> that that responsibility. Um, I think that's that's a piece of it, but also just like um, you know pressures from the society of like you have to do this, or women aren't enough. We're always feeling second class, and then add another you know other two layers to that. 
but being able to navigate, like navigate using some of these lessons. Um, you know, another big one that's been very evident for myself in these last few months recently is is the health piece. You know, so many, all the 50 women, many of them haven't met each other, but they've pretty much put at the high top list, probably the top three, is, you know, your health, self-care, self-love. I like to call it the sana sana colita de rana. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, be endearing and caring for yourself when, you know, just stop. The work is always going to be there. Go for a walk. Um, I don't. I do that now. I didn't do that then. Sure. I've lost weight. I've been better by my weight now. I've been better with my eating habits and you know meditation. I didn't do that then. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Now you're working for the U.S. Department of Labor, and you're 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 basically living along the I-35 corridor in the you know this this Texas. this part of Texas. Um, what what kind of work are you doing for for the department right now? So currently, I'm the uh, administrator for the Women's Bureau at the United States Department mm-hmm. of Labor. So basically, uh, women workers making sure their economic uh, security is um, supported, also uh, opening the doors for apprenticeships. Um, in so many spaces, we have all this money passed through um, with uh, the CHIP, all these you know mm-hmm. federal um, sure. monies. And now these are going to the states. And when they're looking for women workers, sometimes they say, we don't, we don't know where they're at. We don't know where they're women construction Women participate, so making sure that they're connected, uh, making sure that women, when they are in these non-traditional spaces, that they feel safe. Um, and so that's what we're doing uh, nationwide. And you're looking at, you're looking, you said eight states? Eight states, you yes. You know, it, it, right now we're going through a, a period, and it's not uh, necessarily new, but it seems to have intensified this kind of um, backlash against diversity, equity, and inclusion we're seeing in mm-hmm. Texas and other red states, uh, you know, against these programs and uh college campuses and so on. And and I think really against maybe the whole th- the concept of diversity as something that really is valuable mm-hmm. or that the idea that representation is valuable. And I think, you know, at the core of what your book is about is the idea that representation is important. Mm-hmm. That it's And at, if you could talk a little bit about why you think that this is something that is that is crucial. Well, representation matters. Like, in, in this book, it's like I can see myself, um, and I want others to see themselves. If I can, if this book inspires one person to do something good and maybe be president of the United States or the next political strategist or whatever, the the purpose of this book has been accomplished. Um, I've been in spaces like in Kansas and D.C. and Texas and nationwide of always being the only, sometimes the youngest person in the room, the only woman, mm-hmm. um, and being able to still feel confident in that. When I do see myself in another boardroom, I take the time to go over there and learn. If I don't see myself, then the person who um, reciprocates yeah, and I feel seen, I go to that person too and make create a relationship and making sure that we create those spaces where, because absolutely representation matters, whether it's um, people of color, uh, other women, age. Uh, and I want to make sure every time I think about this, I think about my abuelita who... She didn't speak English when she first came, and I'm sorry, I'm choked up. Um, when she can navigate, somebody can navigate, something like that. That's the important piece to be able to have that. Yeah. So to be able to create that <clears throat> is something that I want to be, do, be intentional about on creating leaders. And I just want to add to that that <clears throat> while this is Latina-focused, it's not just for Latinas, mm-hmm. right? Like this should be, you know— 
when a when a white CEO writes a leadership book, it's not just for white CEOs, right? Like these are leadership right. lessons that all of us can learn, yeah. right? And that's the that's right. beautiful, wonderful thing about diversity is we're bringing a perspective to this space that's not really heard often. You know, these voices are not heard enough, and we totally want these lessons to be appropriated by anyone who yeah, takes them. There's right? something, even if they're coming from a particular perspective, they're they're pretty universal, right. I think, as yes, far as the yes. things that. And to begin that conversation about what is our role here to pass on the knowledge that we've learned, right? To have this conversation like, Gilbert, you know, does this want you, does this inspire you to want to figure out what do you need to pass on to the next generation of journalists, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need to teach that next generation that's going to make them make this world a better place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the world of journalism is struggling with these, this, these same ideas about getting, about representation and, yeah. and diversity because that's, that's been a chronic problem. Absolutely. Were there, were there um, suggestions or lessons in the book that, that surprised you, um, the things that you, you didn't necessarily, that it wouldn't have occurred to you that somebody would have suggested? Um, no, actually, when I, and all in all, when I would read it, and again, I, I would love to write a book about writing the book, because <laughs> receiving the each one of the women, and actually when I would talk is, and Many of them said, "Are you sure you want me to?" I'm like, "Yes, you're badass." I'm like, oh, sorry, Chinguana. Like, yes, you need to be in this book. I think Chinguana is actually worse than yeah. badass. Yeah. Okay. I, I was gonna I was say, like, wait, 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 no. Hey, I think we're, I think we're, Monty, are we okay on that? Um, I think we're all right. But so, but no, um, I think it is. We just need to hear it. We need to be reminded uh, and 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 feel empowered. And again, creating that circle of of love, mentors, all of it, like. It really isn't rock and science, but I think we just need to hear it. And when we hear it from people that look like us um, and are like us, it, it matters even more. Now, you I know you have, with Laura, you have uh, uh, former Senator Van Depute, Frankie Gonzalez-Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, also from San Antonio, and, and is the subject of a really interesting uh, documentary that recently mm-hmm. aired on, on in, uh, public television looking at Frankie's uh, attempt to become uh, run for city council in 2019 and attempt to become the first uh, openly transgender individual uh, elected to office in, in Texas. Um, you have Lena Hidalgo from from Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, Patricia Mejia. Mejia. Mm-hmm. Patricia Mejia, she's uh, at, with the San Antonio Area Foundation doing amazing, I mean, literally transforming the way philanthropy is done here in San Antonio. And, and, and you can see that change that she's made in this community. So she's an amazing individual. Yeah. Embodies that representation we're talking about. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I, that I did uh, get the information um, and about the book signing, which is going to be happening in San Antonio. This is Friday, June 9th, 6 to 8 p.m. at Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center uh, Latino Bookstore, yes. 1300 Guadalupe Street. Um, Delia, Laura, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And uh, and like when Laura and I were talking about it last week, um, we were Again, talking about the the, pot, the idea that this is something I, I was going to look at it first for the pop, podcast, but um, I'm definitely passing it on to to my daughter, and I think it's uh, yeah. And capturing you know. these stories, like we like Delia mentioned, I mean Gloria Molina, who literally was a trailblazer, and, and for folks who don't know her, I mean she was the first Latina ever elected to LA City Council, like LA's um, kind of commission, which is essentially their commissioner's court. Um, you know, she's she just passed, but we have her ideas forever to pass on. And I think that's a really important thing to be able to capture these stories and, and be able to pass them on. Had you seen another book? I, I'm trying to think of, of another one that's that's similar to this. I, I, I uh, Not not this yeah, focus, yeah, no, because yeah. I've been, read many literature books, but not like this, which is another reason why I wrote it. And and, and learning in life that life is not linear. It's, it's curvy like me. 
So we're going to embrace <laughs> that and show that it's all cool. And we're super proud that the, uh, the Lotus Huerta wrote the yes. forward oh to Oh, my it. God. Yes. She's yeah, a great what, mentor. Yeah. So did, did you, uh, how did that go when you approached her about that? Oh, she's like, you're finally doing it. <laughs> <laughs> finally. So, yeah. yeah she's I, finally, yes, because she pushes us, or Delia, <laughs> a lot to do things and Besides Delia giving her her earrings, we have this joke that every time Dolores we're around her, she's forgotten her earrings. So Delia takes uh -huh. off her earrings and gives them. To <laughs> and so she's like, "That's like the sixth pair I've given her." So. <laughs> and like it's like Selena, anything for Selena, anything for Dolores. But yeah, that, she's been there for me in the times I cried on this legislative, you know, state legislative house floor, and I'm like, don't know what, how to vote. What an icon! She's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Delia Laura, thank you so much for thank being on the you. podcast. Really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, uh, we'll be back next week. Hope you all are doing well and uh, take care. Thank you. Thanks.